What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. We got a couple commitments to talk about. Georgia has landed a pair. Uh, Dylan Bell, wide receiver out of Texas, and uh, offensive lineman Griffin Scroggs from here in the Peach State. Uh, both three-star prospects. We're going to get into that a little bit and the fact that both guys had a chance to show what they could do in front of Georgia's staff and, and earn their offer earned their attention from the Georgia staff. And then we've also going to talk about just kind of this past weekend. Uh, th- this last weekend of July was, was the last time that, that, you know, Georgia could basically host high school kids uh, the whole month of August. I believe Rusty is, is dead, and, and we don't really know about the evaluation period uh, for the fall yet, to, to my knowledge. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what that means. But, Rusty, going to throw it to you here first. Let's go with the first guy, Dylan Bell, wide out. What do we know about him? What makes this, uh, I guess, something Georgia fans should be should be excited about? You know, this is one of those ones where we have to kind of, you know, rely on rely on inside information that we get. Um, this is something that uh, I sent Steve and Andrew Ivins a video from his trainer. He sent me, and um, you know, I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't know where he's going to end up at. I don't know where his final rank ends. I'm not going to make a prediction on that, but I will say that the the video that we have that probably get to put out when he commits or when when it's when it's done it is that you know I think Georgia fans will will, will like what they see. I, I tell you who he reminds me of. He's got a very similar build to Kiaris Jackson. I think he's got a little more uh, shiftiness to him uh, than Kiaris Jackson. But listen now. Let's don't downplay Harris Jackson. I mean, this is a that was a you know state champion, hundred meter guy. Uh, I think he's supposed to have a big senior season at Georgia. So, uh, you know, you get a guy that's uh, six foot one, two hundred ten pounds. Georgia staff worked him out and immediately offered him. And and you and you read the quote. Uh, you know, he gave Steve Wilfong. I thought was great. He goes, look, if I wouldn't have came to Georgia and worked out, I never would have got that offer. I came to get an offer. I came to work out. He went to Alabama, worked out. Um, I, I don't know if – I'm a, I'm pretty sure Alabama offered him. I, I need to go back and double-check, so let me be clear on that. But I know Georgia offered him. I know they liked him. I know they were sky high on him. Um, this is a guy that was – they they very much um, like what they saw. Uh, I think he's got some explosiveness to him, uh, ball skills. But the main thing is – this guy, you kind of read the quotes, you know, then the Steve story. This is a pissed off kid that thinks that he's under recruited. And that's a good thing to have a young man that's coming out of the state of Texas. Uh, you know, it certainly feels like that some of the some of the in-state schools, specifically Texas, should probably should have recruited him harder, but Georgia wasted no time after they got a look at him. Uh, and they and they and a guy that he trained with in Houston is knows some of the Georgia staff. That's the only way Georgia found out about him. And if we go back in three or four years from now and this guy has a standout career, 
that connection would be very, very large because Georgia needs guys. We, we talk about this on the board daily. Me and Kip answer questions every day about the wide receiver recruiting. And this is a guy that Georgia worked out. And from the minute he worked out, he was a clear target. He was a clear take. I was very confident in saying on the board, this guy is a take. They like him. They got him back to campus. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Michigan at one time, but um, he's a Georgia Bulldog. Um, you say Kyrus Jackson, and, and I thought that was really interesting, Rusty, because whenever I watched him, I watched him with the ball in the air, obviously, 6'2", um, you know, 205 pounds. I kind of got, as far as tracking the football ball in the air, Javon Wims. Because yep. um, Javon Wims was, you know, I think he was listed at 6'4", Georgia. I think he came in at like right at 6'2", maybe maybe right at 6'3", but I thought it was right at 6'2", at the combine. Maybe it was maybe, – maybe I'm an inch off there. But that was kind of the feeling I got, that big-body guy who controls his body real well. Javon Wims was a 4'5 guy. It's not like he was slow by any means. Um, you know, so I, that's kind of the thought I got. And also, you know, I think the A.D. Mitchell comparisons are also there. I mean, he's, he's a little thicker and, and a bigger guy than that, but played a different position um, some in, in high school than, than he has – than he will at the next level. He plays wide receiver in high school, but, you know, A.D. Mitchell played some quarterbacks. So does Dylan Bell. I, I think when you start looking at athletes like that and, and, and them doing some of the different things, like, you know, snapping the football to them and carrying it, I like that from a receiver because I think catch and run is more important now than it has ever been in the game. And and I think he's the kind of guy that can kind of give you that, a tough guy to tackle after the catch, a la Kiaris Jackson, and, and also a guy that can be dangerous with the football in the air even when he's covered. Um, Kip, you brought Dylan Bell up on this very podcast, first time I'd ever heard the name, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. What was it at the time that you were hearing, if you can kind of refresh us on that, that, that made him a guy that we really needed to keep an eye on? And, and how big do you think this get is for Georgia? It was just that workout. And, and the fact that immediately after he got to Georgia and was able to get in front of the staff, you could tell that the staff kind of turned their attention to him and, and with, in talking to him and messaging him, it was clear that while he at the time had a huge amount of interest in Michigan, may even have, you know, maybe he was a solid commitment to them. I know that, you know, the crystal ball predictions came in for Michigan with him and, and they obviously, there was a lot of confidence on that end. But, but once Georgia extended that offer, you could just tell that he became a priority for that coaching staff. And that also tells you that, I mean, he showed them a lot when he got on campus. And I think, you know, that's, that is one of the aspects that caught my eye and other, you know, in talking to him, you know, about why Georgia, he mentioned there's a player on the on you know on the team now that that he's familiar with, and and you got and you just mentioned him, you know, Ad Mitchell, a guy who last year, you know, COVID coaches not able to go out and evaluate prospects in person. We see Ad Mitchell just posting workout videos, putting workout videos out there catching a school like George's attention and, and moving up the board and becoming a big gift for them. Well, lo and behold, Dylan Bell went to the same middle school as A.D. Mitchell, knows him through them. They had the same trainer. And so obviously, you know, there was some feedback that, that Georgia got that Dylan Bell was a guy that they should take a closer look at. And if, you know, working out with the same trainer, having that connection, A.D. Mitchell, and then just going through what we've been going through in the last year and how evaluations have, you know, been different and a different process, it, it all makes a lot of sense why 
Maybe a guy like Dylan Bell flew under the radar, you know, playing for a private school in Houston, not playing, you know, the the biggest competition in Texas. He's a guy that, you know, has a lot of upside or all upside at just as an overall playmaker, playing running back and wide receiver, you know, for Kincaid High School. So I just think there are a lot of similarities there. And, and there's re- reason for us to think that he has, you know, similar potential now. Obviously, A.D. Mitchell hasn't played a single down for Georgia, but we saw what he could do during that G-Day spring game. And so, you know, there's plenty of reason for Georgia fans to be excited about getting this commitment. Let's move to the next guy, Griffin Scroggs, who I believe some of the same things can be said. He's not a skill guy, but he's an offensive lineman. Offensive line is not necessarily as big a need as receiver in this class, but Georgia doesn't have any of them committed right now. And, again, worked out for the Georgia staff, earned an offer, committed to Georgia Tech, salt in the wound there because he, he, he decommits and then commits to Georgia. Uh, Rusty, based on what you've heard, what was it about Scroggs that, you know, that kind of stood out and, and, and earned him an offer? I go back. The fun part of my job is I get to see these kids, you know, usually at MVP camp when they're young. I saw Griffin for the first time in February of 2018 in Valdosta Lounge Camp. He was a freshman at Buford High School. He went his freshman year to Buford before transfer over to Grayson. He was small. He was young. He was you could tell he had some 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 fight in him though. I mean, you know, he was probably six two, six, you know, six two, two forty, two fifty type kid. And he um uh, he grew, man. And I'll tell you what, the one thing I'll tell you is I had the Grayson staff the entire year last year on me about Griffin. And, um, you know, hey, man, this this guy can play. This guy, you know, this guy's a, a warrior, you know. And and I get a lot of that, you know. And I, I wouldn't put them off, but, you know, I just – I've seen Griffin, and, and I knew he was a good football player. Didn't know where he would end up. But, you know, I, I saw him – I did the Norcross Grayson game last year, and that was the first time I saw him in maybe a year and a half. And I thought, wait a minute, this kid's bigger than I thought. He gets to Georgia in June, and he's 6'5", 305 pounds. And, you know, he's a full-grown, mature man at this point as an 18-year-old prospect. I mean, he has grown up, and he's got, you know, he's a very physical physical player i went to grayson the other day and was watching practice and he had a big cut on his leg where he had a weight or something had fell on him and he had he had several stitches in his calf you know and it's 95 degrees it's smoking hot there's probably eight teams there and he's standing there with a hat on backwards he's got him a big old jacked up truck you know and he's got that 18 year old he's full of life got a sweet mullet look i mean he's i was kind of jealous to be honest with you but he was complaining like he wanted to practice, like he wanted to go. And you know, here's a kid with a cut on his leg. I mean, obviously he couldn't go. And uh, it happened, I think, that morning. So stitched him up and he was ready to go. But Georgia staff worked him out. And I remember getting a call. Uh, I'll tell you now because, you know, he's he's somebody that I've counted on for a long time. Kenyatta Watson called me. He said, hey, Georgia really likes Griffin. And I think Georgia Tech's going to offer him tonight. Uh, he's had two good workouts, and lo and behold, the next 48 hours, you know, both schools had offered him that he had worked out at, and he, and he wind up, you know, kind of choosing Georgia Tech there f- for a minute and thought about it. And, 
had the opportunity to go to Georgia, had a committable offer the whole time. And I guess, you know, as time goes on, he, uh, you know, decided he didn't want to pass up a chance to play at Georgia. And this is a kid that could play guard, think his long term is going to be center. So we'll see where he is with that. But, you know, he's a three-year starter at a major program, you know, defending state champions, Grayson. They're going to be uh, – there are going to be a lot better people think this year. They're they're young, but they went through a really, really good team last year to win the state championship and and, and beat Collins Hill and Travis Hunter in that game twice. So uh, I think that Griffin won Georgia staff over, and I think people get a little bit – uh, and I understand it's part of it. I completely, like I made the board post, I completely understand where people are coming from. You want four and five stars, but nobody on our ranking committee has seen Griffin Scroggs go from six, two to six, five. Okay. So that doesn't mean his ranking is final, but understand Georgia didn't know this kid was six, five either. I didn't get a chance to see him this spring until this summer. So uh, I, I think people need to kind of be a little bit more patient and kind of understand that I don't know that he's going to be a four-star. He may or may not be. But I know that we don't have the information we usually have or we have two or three years of data. We skipped an entire year completely in camps. And then we missed some time halfway through this year with you know until things opened up. So, you know, this is a young man that's, you know, he's fully grown now and he's legit size strong, uh, loves the game of football. And I think that, you know, that was, a, that was a gift that Georgia, they need some offensive linemen in this class, need some guys, need some interior guys. Uh, they've been really, really strong on the tackles, I believe, in the last couple. But uh, Griffin Scroggs obviously knows what's in front of him. He's worked out for Georgia staff now twice. They like what they saw, they offered, and eventually, at the end, they got him. Um, Kip, what are your thoughts on, on Griffin Scroggs and kind of how he fits into what Georgia wants, what Georgia needs? Well, I mean, what, what any program should want from an interior offensive lineman is you want a guy who's flexible and, you know, mean as hell. And I think that that's exactly what Griffin brings in spades. I, I think the size is obviously a bonus. The, the fact that he had that growth spurt, it definitely makes him, a, you know, a plus prospect and talent at the interior offensive line position is being able to have that length but another thing I mean I, as Rusty said not only has he you know won one state title I believe he's got two state titles correct me if I'm wrong I think he's 28 and one in the last two years playing at, at Grayson and, and at Buford I think they had one three-point loss to to Clark Central uh, his sophomore year it's the, the only loss he has the last couple of years so obviously he's you know, he's played a lot of football. And so uh, the film just shows a mean streak and, and a guy that's, you know, really able to 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 drive defensive linemen back. And the fact that, you know, he, he's continuing to to get stronger and, and, and that growth spurt just tells me that, you know, he's got high upside as well. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, when you're looking at, at the offensive line position, it's just incredibly difficult to evaluate, you know, especially if we're not able to see guys uh, compete in person and, and against, you know, similar competition, similar talent level, especially, uh, for, you know, us as evaluators, it's just we have to be able to see guys as much as possible to get as much, you know, data points as we can and, we still are not back into the full swing of things and, and able to really do that. So 
wherever this guy, you know, wherever Griffin's ranked right now, I don't think that, you know, that's really a, an accurate picture of, of what George is seeing right now. The fact that they were able to, to work him out personally gives them kind of an edge in that aspect. And they obviously thought enough of him to extend an offer and, and take him without hesitation. So I, I think he's a guy that checks off the boxes that Georgia wants on the interior line. I know that Matt Luke definitely puts a premium on being agile and being able to, you know, the pull and, and to, to move in space and be able to, to pick up a man on the move. And I think that's exactly where Griffin Scroggs is going to shine and, and, you know, potentially come in there and earn some playing time down the road. All right, guys, let's take a break here real quick. And on the other side, we will talk about uh, what went on this weekend and, and kind of the impact it can have soon and down the road for George on the recruiting trail. All right, Rusty, this past weekend, give me a little bit of a rundown on the who's who of guys who made it to campus uh, and, and how big was the weekend for Georgia since it is the, the last one we know that, that Georgia will get or any school will get uh, for, for at least a month, maybe even longer, depending on where things are headed. Um, I mean, you know, Luther Burden was a deal where we had, you know, Kip, all of Steve Wolfon, we had it confirmed he was going to be on campus. Uh, we always, I always make a note on these lists. This, these things can change at any time. I, I think that not getting him was on campus was kind of a, you know, that's kind of a deal where, you know, you weren't sure that, you know, if he, if he got there, you know, what that was going to mean. Um, but, you know, talking with Steve Wolfong, he still feels pretty good about Georgia's chances with a five-star wide receiver uh, out of St. Louis. So we'll see there. Kamari Wilson was the one. I mean, let's be honest. That's a guy that Georgia, I, I feel like they need to get him. You look at the guys that were in town, Jacob Hood, uncommitted lineman. I feel like Georgia's making some really headway there. You know, big six-foot-eight kid out of Nashville. Massive, massive kid. Um, uh, Georgia's, you know, I think in a good spot there. Um, you know, you look at the the commits that came into town. You don't really talk about C.J. Washington. And, you know, I went to social media, and the first thing I saw that, you know, that yesterday morning was C.J. Washington and Griffin Scroggs on Twitter to get on social media together in a picture. And then a couple hours later, you know, Griffin Scroggs decommits to Georgia Tech and, and, and little things like that. So, uh, you know, it was a big week. I think all week there was some things there. And I, I think that Georgia fans, that, that could be a week that pays off down the line. I made it clear there was some, some surprise stuff going on. There were some guys there that didn't get reported. And the reason they didn't get reported is because those young men asked me not to report it. So, that is going to be 1,000% of the time. I'm not going to hint. I'm not going to give up that. Uh, you break that bond, you never get those in, that information again out of those kids. So, uh, you know, there were some things that went on. It was, it was a pretty good week, a pretty good week, I think, in Athens as far as finishing out um, really an open period for the class of 2022. Now, you know, here's something we'll touch on, but, but I'll give a little hint tonight uh, as this podcast comes out. Sounds like that Georgia-Clemson game. There's going to be a ton of prospects, elite, elite targets in the crowd uh, for that. So we'll see as I work closer and get more names. But early on, that has some opportunity to be a very big, um, you know, audition for Georgia, not only for the whole country, but they're going to have some top targets sitting in the crowd. 
hey, I'll be in the I'll be in the press box for that Georgia Clemson game. I just hope to get some good Duke's Mayo swag. Uh, since that's the Duke's Mayo Classic. I didn't find that out until about a month and a half ago that that's who was sponsoring that game. So, But big news there uh, as far as guys being able to visit for that and, and be able to be in attendance. I, I think that could be um, you know, a game that you know, obviously the winner is going to look really good in a lot of those guys' eyes, but at the same time, I think also just putting a really good product on the field and, and uh, looking sharp in that first game it can also pay dividends. Kip, was there any guy that you were really looking at coming off of this weekend as far as a visit that, that you think that Georgia really needed to make a move with? Well, I don't know about make a move, but I know that there, you know, there are definitely some top targets that not only are they trending with, they're probably in a good position with. You know, when you look at Carl, Carlton Madden, the edge rusher, uh, in-state guy, Cedar Grove, looking to probably announce his commitment next month, I believe, a guy that, just like uh, Griffin Scroggs, Grossbert, you know, coming in at 6'3", 239 pounds, just, you know, explosive length and, and at a position that, that Georgia really, really needs multiple guys in this class and, you know, as far as the edge rusher position. I think just getting him back on campus and continuing to be in a good spot for him is big. You know, just a guy to, to keep an eye on down the road. Rusty's mentioned him over and over again. You know, Buford defensive act, Jake Pope, you know, another guy that uh, is, uh, you know, important for Georgia to continue to recruit and, and and try to get him on board because, you know, that defensive back position, they, they need numbers in this class. They need as many guys as they can get. He mentions Kamari Wilson. I think Jake Pope's still another guy to watch. And obviously, you know, being able to get Smoke Bowie on campus, I mean, even if you can get him on campus for 30 minutes, uh, I think it's important for Georgia because – like I just said, the defensive back position, that they need a lot of guys. And, you know, him being a potential five-star cornerback, an outstanding athlete, that's a guy you want to, you know, get on campus as many times as you can. I think they'll get him on campus more times down the road. His recruitment is just uh, going to be a continued roller coaster all the way to the end. But, you know, a, a Bainbridge athlete, you know Kirby Smart doesn't want to miss out on a guy like that, an in-state guy an elite playmaker at wide receiver as well. But, you know, the guy, if he wants to play cornerback in college, uh, that's what you recruit him at, and you give him a chance to play there. I think uh, Georgia's trying to, to get a couple more cornerbacks in this class. So, you know, having Smoke Bowie on campus, that's big because obviously schools like Texas A&M, Florida State, they're continuing to recruit him hard. Uh, it seems like, you know, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns in his recruitment. So, I think I think it's always good for Georgia to get guys like him on campus. They had, you know, they had a lot of guys in town, but he was obviously one of the the premier elite top ranked guys that that Georgia had in that last weekend. Which again, I think it's just it's just crazy that they basically only had two weeks to to get guys on campus all summer long. But two weeks is better than none. I think that's all we got for today. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. This has been the latest edition of the Junkyard Dogcast, and you guys take it easy.